live in three, two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And let me tell you something, tonight is something truly, truly unique. I have, for your entertainment, the studio audience and those listening remotely, our first international guest. I've known this gentleman for about 35 years, went to high school with him, went to college with him. I was lucky enough to to go to his wedding. Uh, And he currently is residing, and has for quite a while now, in Australia. So please uh, give a warm welcome to the No Outlet Podcast for my friend, John Connor. John, how are you? I'm great, Ethan. How are you? I'm doing... That's right. (laughs) That's what I've heard. I've heard they say that. All right. So we're going to play a game called 20 Questions, and it always starts the same way, and that's with question number one. Question number one. Do you believe in luck? Do I believe in luck? Do you believe in luck? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I look at there's different types of luck. You know, there's, 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 uh, you know, winning the lottery, which I think, yeah, there's, if it's your time to win, I believe that. But in the, in the business world, I think a friend of mine told me one time, luck always occurs when, when an opportunity meets preparedness. Yes. So if, uh, you know, if you're in sales and, and you're, you're, you're knocking on those doors and, and you're, you're trying to break down the barriers, uh, you know, if something comes your way and if you're prepared for it, well, it's really not luck at all. I mean, you, you've been working at it and you, you've been prepared for it. So yeah, I think there's two, two ways of looking at luck. But for the most part, I believe in it. Yeah, no. It. And I like that. That's a very good description uh, because I think – you know, there are people that put themselves, to your point, in the right position to appear lucky, but if they've done the right things and they've kind of thought it through and put themselves in that position, then you really can't call it dumb luck. It's it's being proactive and, right. and, and being opportunistic. So that's, uh, I agree right. with that. Yep. All right. Cool. So again, I, I've noticed, uh, I mentioned to everybody that you're, you're living in Australia and so a lot of these questions are going to be, you know, Australian themed. So I apologize up front for the for the single tone, but that's what hey, that's what you do when you get an international guest, right? You focus on that. So uh, question number two. That's it. Question number two. Yeah. What does Vegemite taste like? <laughs> Vegemite. It's a. Uh, it's definitely an acquired taste. Um, it's. It's very salty. It, um, when you when you eat it, you you the idea you you spread it really thin on on buttered toast. That's the best way to have it. Okay. You have a nice, perfectly brown piece of toast that's warm, and the butter melts on it. Then you take just a little bit and just skim it over the top. It actually tastes really good. The problem with uh, I think Americans having Vegemite for the first time is that they, you know, I, I'm speaking to Mr. PB and J right there. So you, you think it's like peanut butter, so you take a big, big spoonful and you eat it. It's just it will it will scar you for life if, if you do that. So it's not, um, but it's it's it, yeah, it's it's definitely an acquired taste, right? But I don't, if if made correctly, it's not as bad as. As you think it is. Gotcha. You know? So, like, uh, so, like most things, uh, I, get, it, I have it. In my, like most things in life, it's it's good in moderation, and like most things that Americans try to do, we always try to take too much of it and do too much of it, and we're just, you know, big stupid <laughs> Americans, right? We're just trying to fucking wail it all down. Hey, I'm not saying that. Not yet. G- give me, give me some time. I'll get it out of you. Not yet. All right. Hey, what can you tell me about being a competitive, a highly competitive and successful diver? Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, well, um, I got into that sport in uh, eighth grade. Yep. I was living in uh, Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of just fell into it because the community that we lived in had a community pool mm-hmm. and the actual, in the summertime, the pool manager was the, the varsity diving coach. Okay. So I just kind of just had a knack for, for, for doing that stuff. I, 
you know, I kind of taught myself most of the required dives, but I think um, it gave me a little bit of confidence because mm-hmm. when you're, you know, in a meet, it's you can hear a pin drop and all eyes are on you and there's no there's no do overs. Right. So it kind of gave you a little bit of confidence. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I guess I highly successful. I think it's a bit overrated. I mean, I won the state championships in high school, but well, come on now. Went, well, well, hey, look, yeah, it you, didn't it didn't go. Uh, listen. Listen, once a champ, always a champ. That's right. That's it. that's it. That's it. No one can take yeah, that away. I, uh, I mean, it was it was a great it was a great accomplishment. It was, it was a great um I think what's what's cool is that when I in it uh, in Portsmouth, I was on two teams and I would practice it for the Portsmouth high school team yeah. after school and then at night I would head up to Dover. Oh shit. To practice with uh a Seacoast League. Yeah. And I don't know you remember Jenny Thompson. She was the most decorated female. Absolutely. Gold she had like seven seven yeah, gold medals, right? On, yeah, I think in the Sydney 2000 Olympics. So she was on the same team. I was on the same team with her. She was in, she was a few years younger than, than me at the time. Oh, that's so she cool. Was, even back in eighth grade, she was, you could see this, this, this woman was going to be a, uh, a superstar. She was really determined and just phenomenal in the water. So yeah, yeah, so that was my yeah, that was good. The skill was apparent in Jenny Thompson. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They actually renamed I mean, she, uh, that pool that you are referencing in Dover. They renamed it the Jenny Thompson Pool. You know, I heard that. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I did hear that. That was a while ago. I, I, it was yeah. recently. That was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a while ago. Yeah, she's uh, she's one of the, one of New Hampshire's. Uh, I think, I think she's well. She's clearly the most successful Olympic athlete from New Hampshire, and I think she she might be the most successful athlete in a general sense from New Hampshire because you know if you can if you can take home gold yeah. in the Olympics, it's like what else is there, right? It's top That's of the food right. chain. Hey. That's- Besides your family and your friends, obviously you miss them, you know, but aside from, from that, what do you miss the most about living in Australia? Um, getting a good cup of chowder. Oh, no shit. <laughs> you know, a good, yeah, good seafood. We have great seafood down here, but a lot of it's exported, and it's extremely expensive. It's mm-hmm. ridiculously expensive. So, you know, we have, uh, you know, the the West Coast uh, rock lobster. You know, yep, they're generally caught off the coast of uh, of Western Australia. They are, um, you know, they're a little bit different. There's, there's no claws on them. It's like a big crayfish, a big clawless crayfish. Yeah, kind of call them, but they're they're massive. But they're I mean, you go down and get one, they're, they're about $70 a kilo or something like that. It's ridiculously expensive. So you, you're Jesus. not going to, you know, you, you, I'm just not going to go out and get it. Um, right. And then obviously, you, you know, the, the fried seafood, New England fried seafood is one of a kind. You can't find that anywhere other yeah. than on the seacoast, you know, or so that, that would probably be the biggest the biggest things yeah, no, I feel know, that. From a food yeah, I feel that. You know, the uh, I've I've had that type of that type of lobster that's you know no claws. That's it's really the most common lobster in the yeah. world. The the, the Maine slash New England lobster is kind of the 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 exception as opposed to the rule. And even that that other type of lobster, the rock lobster, it tastes a little bit different too. It doesn't have the same texture. It doesn't have the same flavor. In addition to not having, I mean, it's good, yeah. but it's just different. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, that's true. It's. A, it, I, I didn't realize that the main lobster was like the minority lobster. It's, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Don't. Hey, and they're tired of being kept down. They're not going to take it anymore. No, they're not. <laughs> they're not main lobsters it. matter. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hey, listen. Here's a question. You're you. We're we're both parents. You know, you've got uh, mm-hmm. five children now. You and your lovely wife. Um, you know, have have five mm-hmm. kids, which is really impressive as a starting point. Um, and and my question to you, and they're still, and you're still in the in the the thick of the battle. You've got kids that range, if I'm not mistaken, 
you know, from, you know, somewhere around the elementary school up into high school. Isn't that right? Yeah, well, I mean, now it, it's considered high school. So okay. the two youngest, Bailey and, and Emmett, are, are 12 years old and yep. both in seventh grade. So okay. Kind of junior high, but we call it high school here. Gotcha. And then um, uh, year 10, 10, 11, and then my, da- my oldest, my daughter, Mackenzie, graduated from high school last year. So Wow. That's amazing. So, yeah. So here's the question. The question is, do you think it's harder to yeah. be a parent now, or do you think it was harder to be a parent when we were growing up? I'm going to say now, without hands, I mean, you really, you don't know what you don't know, right? I mean, yeah. but just looking back and, and times are different, especially, you know, growing up in, in say, New England, you know, I mean, right. kids, see you later come home when the lights go on, well, when the street lights come on. You know, you didn't have to worry about everything. Now, with, 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 with technology and all the horror stories you, you, you see on, on, on the shows about, you know, predators preying on kids and everything else, it's pretty, it's pretty horrific. Yeah. You know, I think kids definitely grow up in this generation more, more tech-savvy and all that, which I think is, is, is really cool. But I think they don't have those interpersonal skills you know they don't yes um i mean some do obviously but i mean it's up to the parent to 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 manage that but i i think it's definitely harder today i mean a lot of the problems are still there but they're just in different formats i mean we had bullying when we were kids but it was face-to-face bullying right you have bullying now but it's all on on internet so i mean a a lot of the problems are, are still there but they just you know materialize into different forms you know and that's you have to adapt to that, right? So yeah. Uh, no, so I, I asked that question of everybody who's on the show that has kids, and everybody so far to a person has answered that way. But I like the the additional data point that you gave. I think is so important, and that is not only is it more difficult to be a parent because you know the it's not like you know it's not contained because you got the phone and automatically you're connected to everything. But the other part is that the, I think that I really, and I want to sound like an old guy here, but here I go. I, I feel like the kids of today are losing a, a really vital skill in knowing how to talk to each other, uh, even just over the phone, but face-to-face, clearly, it's it's just all different. And it's almost like, I mean, you could, if you want to get a little bit deep with it, it's almost like we're changing the evolutionary path of humans by changing the way that we kind of consider and engage in communication. It's kind of wild when you think about it. Uh, absolutely. And it's, you know, everything, everything goes in cycles. That, that's why I believe it. So yeah. you almost think like, okay, well, we'll, we'll have this little experiment, if you will, and hopefully the next generation will come back to, people will get tired of, of the online stuff and go back. And, and someone, will, someone will discover climbing trees again. Right. And all of a sudden, it'll, it'll take off, you know, and they'll go back into the outdoor, you know, boys being boys and girls being girls, which I think I just opened Pandora's box there. That's right. Can you even say that today? I, well, <laughs> you can say it on this show. We, we allow that. That's fine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. So next question is a math question. Okay. So how many, oh. yep, so we're going to have to, you have to use your math skills. How many empty beer cans can you fit on the ceiling of a college dorm room? I'm going to say 742, <laughs> final answer. <laughs> you know what? I, I can't come up with a better answer than that, so I'm going to go with it. And just uh, uh, for, for reference so everyone knows why I asked that silly question. So John and I and another gentleman lived together uh, at, at a college that we went to, and we got the very, very smart idea because we were such geniuses back then to take every beer can that we ever drank. And instead of just recycling it like a normal person, we decided to put double-sided tape on every one and put it up on the ceiling until we – I don't know if we ever got the entire thing filled, but we, we came pretty darn close until the, the, the RA was just like – or RD, I think it was, was like, yeah, that's not – yeah. That's not what we're going to do in this room. You guys are going to take that down. And, boy, it was it was a lot more fun putting them up than it was taking it down. Absolutely. But I, I think the best thing was when, you know, when it was uh, – uh, 
it was parent. It was it was like a, a weekend where where parents would bring their, their their senior kids up from other schools to come, you know, have a tour of, of the college. Yeah. And it would always be some father with his daughter It'd be like, oh, look, oh, this room is open. Let's go in this room. Oh, let's get out of this room. <laughs> yeah, <That's laughs> right. Honey, you're going to go to UNH instead. Go in that room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey. What was funny yeah. is that the, the, the double-sided tape would give way. And, like, I remember Brian Van Wagner would be sleeping and Kansas started falling on his head. <laughs> yeah. And we all know he was so happy when he got woken up. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he loved it. He loved it. Oh, my God. That's great. I forgot about mm. that part. Hey, um, are there any ski resorts in Australia? Yeah, there are. Believe it or not, there are. Okay. Um, down south in, uh, was it northern, northern Victoria in, in, yeah, Victoria in, just outside of Canberra, kind of south. Central southwest of, of of the country. Okay. There's um, there's probably four or five ski resorts. The ski season here is is very short. It's mm-hmm. it's probably six, maybe five weeks, six weeks. Oh that. wow. Okay. Um, but the and it looks really good. I mean, I get all, I get all the, the the news feeds and I'm looking at it. The problem is, is that. Um, it's extremely again. It's expensive. Yeah. It's cheaper to go to Japan or even over to uh, New Zealand. Oh wow! Uh, okay. And you get far better snow, far better conditions. I mean, it, it's not. Um, you don't have the vertical drop. You have it, but it's it's nothing like you know, skiing back east or yeah. or anywhere else. But it's it's. I'd like to give. I'd like to. I would definitely like to check it off the list, uh, and we'll see. You know. Well, that's we we're just coming out of the season now, so now we're coming into uh, we're coming into winter, right? Or, or autumn, I guess, and uh, it'll start getting a little bit cold down here. So. Yeah, so it's coming around again. Hey, here's a question: um, Are the drivers in Australia better or worse than the drivers in Boston, Massachusetts? You know what? You ready for this? I am far worse. Oh shit! I'm gonna go out and live and, and say, uh, particularly Queensland drivers. So I live in the state of Queensland, okay, which is uh, a, a massive, massive state, um, and they don't know how to merge. Number one, so maybe I mean I haven't really driven in Boston, so I can't really, uh, you know, comment on it. But one, speed, speed the factor. Two, they, they tailgate you like you wouldn't believe. They, they, they will be tailgating you. And they'll, you can see in the rearview mirror that they'll be flipping you off, screaming, just having a complete mental breakdown. Jesus you Christ. You to get out of the way, only for them to go one car length ahead of you and then slow down because you can't go, any, you can't go anywhere because there's traffic. So it's just, it's, I had, this is funny, in the same day, yeah. I, I was a rep for UPS and I, I covered, you know, all of Brisbane, North Brisbane, South, and everything. Yep. I had a woman flip me off twice in the same day. So two different women just completely went damn their shit and just completely like flipped me off. It was it was hilarious. Yeah. You know, you got that morning traffic. I can't go anywhere, and she, she was behind me. She was a passenger. Her husband was driving. It was, it was a truck or a Ute. We call them Utes. And uh, I moved over, and uh, as she went by, she just had the double F you in the window. You know, like, <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. You know? The double bird. So, yeah, the double bird. So then later that day, I mean, I'm just like, I'm just cracking up. I'm like, this is hilarious. So, so later that day in the afternoon, I'm up up in the north, northern suburbs of Brisbane. And again, this is kind of the same thing happened. Like, there's there's an area where they're doing roadworks and everything, and you know we've got um, there's speed cameras everywhere down here, so you kind of know where the cameras are. So I'm gonna I'm going, yep. you know, what the speed limit says. And this woman again, she's she's in a uh, this purple Commodore, which it's just a uh, just your your we we we, we got a name down here. We call them bogans, right? Just completely. Hillbillies. Right? <laughs> I love that bogan. And, uh, she just, you know, bogan. She's a purple Commodore. She drives by. She's got no teeth, you know. We pull up to the lights. She looks over at me and she gives me the big F you. Like, damn. Like, <laughs> like, what the 
hell. Bogans will throw out that bird. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna use that from now on. Bogan, that's fucking great. The Bogan. That's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, hey, um, how in a in a general sense, and and I know there's a lot of there's a lot of color to this and a lot of different shades to this answer. So uh, don't worry about that. But in a generalized sense, you know, how are Americans viewed by your not the Bogans of Australia, but your your normal people, like the yeah. friends that I met at your wedding, like those people, like. How, how is the general perception of America and Americans over there? Every, every person I've come in contact with when they find out I'm from America, the first thing that comes out of their mouth is, we love Americans. We love America. We That's love awesome. It. I think because Americans are generally, I think, polite for the most part. Yep. I mean, um, I think um, people associate their experience with, in, if they come for a holiday in, in Disneyland or, or you know anywhere in America for that matter, yeah, uh, there's good customer service, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's really, yeah, I haven't heard anything bad, really. You know, about a lot of. I mean, don't they do say you know, Americans are loud? You know, they're yeah. you know boisterous. They're yeah. loud. But um, I think we're just very passionate people. We, we want to get our point across, don't we? We, we certainly do, yeah. And, and I, wouldn't yeah. Argue, I wouldn't argue with that characterization. Uh, the volume is definitely louder in general with Americans. I think, that's, yeah. I think that's a fact. And it's good to hear that there's another country that, you know, doesn't instantly hate us, but rather instantly loves us. I mean, because that's, especially nowadays, unfortunately, I think that's kind of uh, not the majority of other countries. But uh, but we'll take it. No, you'll take it. Yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I've never had. I've, I've been. I kind of lived an interesting life where with the jobs that I've had, I've I've kind of traveled around the world a bit. I've really I've never had. I've been to a lot of places. I've never really experienced um, or felt threatened because I was American. You mm. know, um, I think yeah. at the other day, I think if you treat people. You know the way you want to be treated. You know life is good. That's so. that's the bottom line. That's the that's the golden rule right there. Yeah. Um, hey, have you seen yeah. any? I've seen pictures of your house, and, and who knows, maybe one day I'll get to see it in person. But have you ever looked out your back? You know that little I, that you've got a really cool backyard. Uh, at least it looks really cool from the pictures. Have you ever seen any yeah. Australian wildlife uh, when you look out back there? Yeah, I haven't seen any kangaroos here, okay. but they're all over the place. Um, if, if you go to other communities uh, at at five o'clock to come out and feed, they're they're everywhere. You know, wow. I mean, they're just they're like deer. Um, we have uh, kookaburras, uh, which is a, a kind of like a carnivorous bird with a flat head Damn. and a long beak. <laughs> They're actually cool. they're actually quite cool and they make a they make like a like a like a like a <laughs> like a it almost sounds like a monkey you think what the hell are these monkeys but they're birds nice that's, that's their call so we, we you see those it, you know it again at at uh, dawn and at dusk yep um, you know I haven't seen uh, any thankfully uh, you know we live in the, in the world of uh, Seven of the most deadliest snakes are in your backyard. So I haven't, thankfully, knock on wood, I haven't seen any any brown snakes or poisonous snakes. Um, Wait, is that true? Seven of the most deadly snakes are in Australia. Something like that, yeah. Damn. Taipan, the the brown snake, the you know this that. I mean, they're pretty. uh, you know, they're not looking for you, so typically you're not looking for them. So, they, you know, right. you just stay out of the bush, stay out of the, the, the tall fields of grass and everything like that. <laughs> you know, but they're yeah, I'll take, I'll take that advice. I will, I will not look for those seven snakes. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. my God. But uh, that's great. Hey, here's a question. Some, yeah. Uh, and we got, and and it, if I'm stepping over your words here a little bit, it's only because we've got a little bit of a tiny delay, which is actually your, your sound quality on your call is better than people that called me from Portsmouth, so it's 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 oh, it's it's, it's impressive. But there is a slight delay, so if I ever step on your words, it's not okay. it's not intentional. It's because there's a little bit of a pause there. 
Hey, who is the grumpiest okay. roommate that you have ever lived with? Uh, I'd like to phone a friend for this one. <laughs> <laughs> we have the Ryan technology. Van Anger. Yeah. 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 Brian Van Wagner, a.k.a. Brian Van Anger. Yep. Yeah. God bless him. He was a cat. He was a character. Yeah. Oh, my God. He, he would... He, <laughs> He would vacuum at the weirdest times, wouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, he, he was obsessed with vacuuming, that, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, you know, hands up, we had a pretty clean room, which is, you know, for three guys to live in a in, in a room no bigger than your average, you know, bedroom, you know, today. I mean, we were pretty... Uh, we did all right. We were pretty good place. We did all right. We did all right. <clears throat> yep. But, uh, yeah, he was definitely a, uh, a troubled soul. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he had a couple of buttons, and they weren't very hard to push. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it was just uh, some of the story. I mean, I remember him trying to talk to um, women at parties, and uh -oh. they would just tell him to fuck off, whatever, and he'd just start screaming at them. You know, like, fuck <laughs> you! I'm getting out of here. <laughs> he was. Uh, he was such a. Uh, yeah, he was a, he was a good guy though. He was a he was a great guy, and actually, guy. at the end of the day, yeah. he might have been grumpy, um, but he really was a good roommate. Like he did he did his he did his more than his fair share of cleaning. He had he had a car which we used a lot, yeah. and and so he he was an A plus roommate uh, for sure. Hey, what's the um, what's the biggest misconception about people that live in Australia? You know, you think about people from. I think a misconception about Americans, and maybe it's true more than not, but maybe it is, is, you know, they're like, again, they're loud, overweight, obnoxious. But then there's probably some of that that's true and uh, and not so true. But when you think about Australians, you know, there's probably a misconception because you probably thought about Australians and then you went over there and you lived there and now you are essentially Australian. What's the biggest misconception, do you think, yeah. from uh, fantasy to reality? Oh, jeez. Good question. I would say um, uh, a couple examples. I, I think one when when I came I came over here in two thousand and eight, and one of the one of the my bucket list things I always wanted to do was a uh, was a triathlon, right? And, yep. And there was a you know me and uh, a good friend of mine. Uh, we had a group of people. We signed up and we're training for it. And I figured, you know, I'm in the land. This is where, you know, this is a great place to train. It's a, you know, this this healthy environment. You know, people are going to be patient to to, to to cyclists on the road. You know, so I had this perception that Australians were going to be patient to those who are training, training hard, you know. Sure. Um, and I, I used to cycle a lot, and then I just kind of I, I gave it up because I thought it's too dangerous. I mean, they purposely try to hit you. They purposely try to run you off the road. Whoa! You know, and and the examples I gave you the, uh, earlier when when the woman like you know goes by you in the car, she's giving you the finger. They're doing that when you're on a bike, and and like I know, I think a lot of cyclists they don't help themselves because they think they own the road and they'll get on it during these massive. Pelotons, massive groups, and they think they're they're an automobile. I don't like. I, I used to not like riding in groups. It was only me and maybe me and another guy. But I would, you know, I know that if it's a if it's a, a battle between me and a bike and a car, the car is going to win, right? So That's I'm right. Be as close to you know on the side of the road that I can, and they just purposely try to just you know skim you. So I think it, it's it's that, and you know, I, I think. When you, like, if you were to go out in Portsmouth tomorrow, whatever, or, or you're out in a bar, you, you hear an Aussie, uh, you know, they're very, you know, kind of like the life of the party in a way. They're very enjoyable, very, you know, they'll tell you a joke, they'll talk to anyone, that whole, you know, and that, my perception was like, oh, they're very, very friendly people. Yeah. And for the most part, they are. However, you know, we've been living in this house here now for, you know, six years. Yep. And we've never met our neighbors. You know, everyone kind of keeps to themselves, which is, I find, a bit odd. Yeah. Like, in America, I, I just, you know, I knew everyone in my neighborhood, you know, when we were living up in New York. And you right. We all knew everybody, and it was great. Here, it's like, you just, you don't, 
Yeah, everyone kind of keeps them themselves, which I found a bit odd in a way. But yeah, I mean, there's there's positives and negatives to that, right? Like you know, it, it, at the same time yeah. that you'd want to know your neighbors, imagine if your neighbor that you're you know hoping to meet it ends up being the most obnoxious you know person. You're gonna kind of wish that you hadn't, right. you know, met your neighbor. So uh, fences make good neighbors is the saying, and I think that that you know. Well, that's right. And, and it's, it's funny enough, all the developments around here. If you go to any planned development, mm-hmm. every single house has a fence. It, it's it's built in. There's there you no, go. There's no. Yeah, they don't. Um, much different from from home. Yeah. Um, so, speaking of different from home, so uh, if I'm if I'm wrong here, correct me. But my understanding is that uh, in Australia, most, if not all, of the schools uh, uh, require uh, some type of a uniform. Is that is that an accurate statement to start off with? Uh, yes. Okay. You're so correct. let so let's take that premise right, and then let's expand it and say, okay, now imagine. Our high school experience at Portsmouth High School, uh, you know, going back to the 80s. And imagine if Portsmouth High School had, and, and <clears throat> of course, all public schools, imagine if they had that same policy of essentially mandating that you were going to wear a uniform to school. Do you? Th- how, how do you think that would have changed our high school experience if everyone had to wear the same thing every day? Oh, look at that kid. He's a dork. Look at his uniform. <laughs> but it, but if everybody's wearing the same uniform, then everybody's a dork, no? Yeah. Right, right. I, I don't think it would have changed that much. I mean, I, I think, to be honest with you, I think uniforms are great. I don't know why. Uh, I agree. It, it takes away that... It takes away that 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 stigma of uh, rich dad, poor dad. You know. Yeah. Um, everyone wears the exact same thing, so you, you know, no one's wearing two hundred dollar uh, Nike Air Jordans and everything else. You right. Got, you know your, your 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 shirt here. They wear shorts and a pair of black you know shoes, just black sneakers, black black bands, black you know Adidas or whatever. Right. So I don't think it would have changed that much. I really don't. I, yeah. I think you know. At the end of the day, kids kids are adaptable, right? And then they'll find something else to, to pick on. That's right. Or to, <laughs> that's, to criticize. That's, or do whatever. that's so true. So it doesn't really, you know, it, it doesn't really, I, I don't think, you know, I think we still would have gone to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have, yeah. Uh, we would still be late for uh, certain classes, you know, Mr. Ostrowski's. Uh, Holy shit. Class. We'd be late for that. And, yep. and yeah, you know, I, I think... I don't think it would have made any difference. Yeah, no, I tend to agree. Still had a good experience. Yeah, I tend to agree. And, and, you know, it's funny because when we were, you know, I had some friends that, you know, I went to Rye and then some kids went to Berwick afterwards and some went to St. Thomas. And, you know, at St. Thomas they had, uh, it wasn't uniforms, but it was a pretty tight dress code so that essentially everybody was wearing the same thing. And I remember at the time thinking, well, that is, that's, that's so terrible. But then fast forward to when I've got kids, and one of my daughter's best friends from junior high ended up going to St. Thomas as a high schooler. And I was, you know, and then I talked to her, the, the, the kid about it, and she was like, I love it because I don't have to worry about am I wearing something that makes me look good? Am I wearing something that's going to be cool enough? So the minute I heard a, a kid who was in that system say that they liked it, I'm like, well, that's all that matters. At the end of the day, it's like, and, and I didn't ever have that perspective. So I think I'd have to agree that I'm a pro-uniform guy myself. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it would have been interesting to see. One of the things that was, you know, we were talking here not too long ago about the, you know, the things that you could never get away with today that were part of the norm in school. And remember at Portsmouth, they had, you know, a smoking section. Oh Jesus! And the parent and, and the goddamn teachers section. would smoke with the kids. Do you remember that shit? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I can't really see a kid, you know, in a in a school uniform, like you know, more of the. I mean, we all had our cliques. You had your metal shop, your wood shop, your auto boys, your you know, your druggie, all, all your little cliques that you know you still have that today. That's right. You know, your headbanger, Bill Sangers, with a big metal head, the Motley Crue, and, and you can't really you see them, you know, smoking cigarettes with teachers in a in a in a school uniform. I mean, I don't know how that would get get across. But yeah, no, I, was, I, uh, I did yeah. that. 
Um, hey, so just out of curiosity, when is your next planned visit to the States? Obviously, things are kind of crazy with COVID in terms of travel, and you guys have done a lot of travel in the last couple of years, but do you have anything planned right now? Not right now. I mean, I mean, they're, they're talking at least four years to, um, you know, which is a bit scary because... Four years? God forbid, you don't want anything. Yeah, yeah. In fact... Interestingly enough, when I um, I went to um, I started a new job and got and got laid off uh, with COVID. This is two, two, 2019. Okay. And um, I uh, I got a job at, at the hospital uh, just doing some COVID screening, right, just to kill the time. Yeah. And in my orientation, there was a woman next to me, right. She was a 25 year veteran for Qantas. She flew the A380, and she said, Qantas, uh, they were told to take a five-year unpaid sabbatical. Mother you, you know, of God. In five years if you want to come back. So it's pretty serious. I mean, even with the vaccine and everything, with you know, what's going on, I don't think there's going to be any sense of, quote-unquote, normality anytime, you know, soon. Damn. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but to be honest with you, even if they said tomorrow, oh, it's, it's all good— I'd still be a little bit leery. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I'm not hopping on a plane for 24 hours and then breathing in, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone's uh, CO2. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, it, it's, yeah. That's With crazy. Time, I, I uh, guess I didn't realize that they, I mean, obviously you guys are an island, right? So that's one factor. The other thing is yeah. that you just pointed out that the you, the length of time on a plane is going to be obviously that it's not you're like you're flying to Florida from Boston, you know what I mean? Like you're on that plane for, like you said, 24 hours or so. Um, but I had no idea that yeah. the timeline was was that was that long. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's um, it's yeah, it's it's pretty. Um, again, on one hand, I mean, being away from and like being an island, right? We're right. an island nation. I mean, we have. We haven't had any community transmission in, in, in 12, 13 days or something like that. You know, wow. the only transmissions that we have are, are returning Australians or people who are, who are coming in where you have a mandatory 14 uh, day lockdown. You right. Know? Right. In fact, I just talked to um, my friend Steve Nelson. He was he was at the wedding and he. Yeah, uh, of course. He flies for FedEx, and and he was um, he was in Sydney two days ago. No shit. Uh, and uh, we we got we we got an opportunity to, to chat. He's like, you know, I'm here. I am in in the hotel. I can see the opera house, but I can't go anywhere. Um, wow. And then he goes to Singapore, China. It's the same thing, you know. And you just you just stuck in a hotel room for 24, 48 hours, and then you go home. So he goes, it's it's pretty. It's pretty bad. That's wild. That is bad. wild. All right. So here's a there's a, a an Australian um, export um, and, and the name of this person and there's a lot of Australian exports, but this particular person, his name is Crocodile Dundee, right? And he had a series of uh, you know cheesy movies back in the '80s. I think he might have made three or four of them. And, you know, it was like, it, it was that the idea of what is an Australian like, and then let's blow everything out of proportion and make it crazy. Like, oh, that's not a knife. This is a knife, you know, and all that bullshit. So is, is, is Crocodile Dundee considered an embarrassment or is it considered something that people are proud of? Because in some way, it's, it's almost like you could, you could make an argument that it's almost like making a joke out of Australians, kind of taking some elements and blowing them up. But at the same time, that's kind of what every form of entertainment is. You take something, you personify it, you bring it past what it really is to kind of make a bigger point. But my, my, my interest from you in terms of someone that's there, is that considered something that's more of a national embarrassment or a national sense of pride? I think it would be a kind of a national embarrassment. I mean, okay. I think, you know, there are some elements of that uh, movie that I think were, were somewhat quasi-realistic. I think Australians in pubs, if you go out to the Outback, somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, I think they, Australians love to... Australian men, when they're drunk, they, they like to have a punch-up. They, 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 they're quick to throw a, you know... Yeah, they're, they're, they're fighting, scrappers. You know? uh, 
Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, there's a scene in, in that movie, in, in Croc Dundee, where they're just they're beating the hell out of one another, you know. But I think all the other stuff, you know, that's a knife. And all, this, all the other, you know, he's, he's you know, he's, he's, he's uh, doing some sort of uh, hand gesture towards a water buffalo, and the thing just collapses. <laughs> and, and kind of all that stuff is just, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it's a bit, a bit of a joke, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like the... Uh, you know, even the whole accent thing. I mean, it was a little bit over, you know. Right. Over exemplified, you know. I mean, even what's his face? Uh, uh, what's his name? He's showing you Zoo. Uh, oh, uh, Steve Irwin. He's having a break. Steve Irwin. I mean, I think, you know. Right, look out, you know. Crikey! You know, I mean, no one says that. Right. Yeah, no one says that. I mean, yeah. no one does. I mean, it's a bit of a. So. Yeah. But again, you got you got to have that one thing that people are going to recognize. You run with it. All right, we're going to go on the way back machine here. So go back again to high okay. school, college, and you know we were on a budget in college. You know, but we still wanted to have a good time. So you know we would sometimes you know we weren't drinking Bass and Heineken. You know, we were drinking you know some beers that were a little bit more downstream than that. And my question for you is, what's the worst beer that you ever convinced yourself was? okay enough to drink when you were in college? Black Label. Okay, yeah, Carling, Black Label. Black Label, yeah. I think. And it, it, all of it was shit. I mean, natural Light, I mean, people love that. Golden know, Anniversary, stuff. remember that shit? That golden Anniversary beer? Golden Anniversary, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just... Yeah. I was convinced. We went into Louis Samaha's once to buy beer, and I remember all of a sudden this these beers that had so much like an inch of dust on them and it just said golden anniversary. I'm just like, okay, that is product that was like forgotten about in some random beer warehouse. And I'm like, ah, what the hell are we gonna do with this? I don't know, send it over to Samaha's. They'll fucking they'll sell it over there. And it tasted like dog shit. (laughs) Hey, did you happen to buy that beer with Connecticut ID? Oh, <laughs> yes, I did. I bought a lot of beer with the Connecticut ID until I was stupid enough to try to use it in a real establishment in Massachusetts. And the fucking guy asked me what my my, my astrology sign was. And I said, oh, I don't believe in that. And he fucking said, this looks like a fake ID. And you just fucking tore it right in front of me. I'm like, no, no, I need that. <laughs> That's funny. Like, like within in a period of maybe two weekends, half the population of Plymouth miraculously had uh, Connecticut IDs. Yeah, everyone was buying beer. Oh, that's funny. Um, hey, so uh, education. So you are again. You're a parent. You've got kids that have gone through the system over there, and you've been through the system over here. Uh, and I'm sure that you're knowing the type of person that you are and the type of person that your wife is. I'm sure you're heavily involved in making sure that you know what your kids are being taught and you're making sure they're doing their homework and all that stuff. So can you compare the level of education in terms of quality that you received in the States, not not college, but just up to high school compared to what your kids are getting? I think the kids here are getting, I mean, they're doing stuff in seventh, eighth grade that I was doing in, in like <laughs> year 12, Yeah, <laughs> like freshman in college. I right. mean, it's, it's insane, you know? Uh, I mean, it's almost like, don't even come to me with help. Just go to Google and figure it out because I have no idea what, what you guys are doing. Meaning, you know, it, it's, it's, they're, they're getting a good, I, I think you have public schools here. You've you, you got private schools here. What's different down here is that, it's kind of, it stands out. Like everyone asks you here, oh, what uh, what school did you go to? What meaning? What high school? Or what what right? What um, you, you know, year twelve? What would you finish up? And so there's a lot of like private schools. That, I mean, it's just I don't know how they they afford to send their kids. I mean, it's it's you know Brisbane Grammar, Br- Br- Brisbane Boys Grammar, BBC. I mean, this is like. Phillips Exeter Academy for, for, for boys, you know, wow. it's like, it's some ridiculous amount of money. I mean, you, you know, so the, the, whereas we always say in America, you know, what you need to go to, what university to go to, what college you go to. Yes. You know, here, there's only a handful of colleges. There's only, I mean, the college experience in, in, in Australia is far different from, from that of the U S right. No one, 
no one goes and lives on campus and, and you know, lives on their own because it's they just you can't afford it. It's expensive. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And they just find it easier just just to uh, commute. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, looking at what my, my kids are doing and, and, you know, what they're doing in high school, I think they're doing. <laughs> Again, I don't really I've been out of the U.S. now for so long. I really don't know what's being taught in, in, in the U.S. Yeah. You know? You know, with, with how they're doing it. I mean, there, there's a heavy emphasis on technology down here. I'm sure it's the same in, in America as well. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you bring your laptops to school, and everything is kind of an online thing. So, you know, I really, I'm not trying to say the U.S. is bad or whatever, because I really don't know what what's going on yep. over there. But I do know the, the the courses that they're taking here at year 10, 11, and 12. Yeah. I mean, they're college level courses. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty full, full on, so yeah, I think it's it's gotten better. Yeah. Well, I, I, I appreciate that answer. And, you know, I've heard the exact same thing. You know, you were saying people always talk about what high school or the, or the equivalent of what you'd call a high school over there. That's the same thing in Great Britain. Yeah. You know, it's it's really the same. I mean, obviously, you've got yeah. Oxford and you've got Cambridge, but it, the university is a whole different type of education, whereas where you went to your primary school, if you will, is kind of the thing that everybody judges you on, you know, more more uh, more frequently. Um, all right. Well, so, I, oh, yeah, oh, go ahead. Is like, Oh, I was gonna say like like back home like if in America if you graduate high school anyone with a with a high school diploma can can get into college you know that's right you can get into a a college that's right, right. here because there's only a handful of, of universities and colleges it's much more competitive so you have to get like they have a what they call an ATAR score which is a, I don't know what it, it's an acronym for something yeah you know? yeah and depending on what school you go to and how you did you get a, a final score and that allows you to apply and get in and kind of it's much more competitive to, to, to get into university down here so yeah. which is uh I, think I guess it's good in a way yeah that's right yeah. absolutely all right so we're down to the last two questions so second to last question uh, is this do you recall um, and can you give a brief synopsis? Uh, or, I mean, they ask the question a different way. Have you ever been escorted to your car by a uh, a forty year old mother out of a mall because you felt like she was going to protect you from getting <laughs> getting getting jumped? Oh my God! Yes, <laughs> yes. I got to tell you, that was your mom. That was my mom. And when you told me that story for the first time, I guess I, rem I when you told me, I remembered it happening at the time, but I didn't, I hadn't thought about it. And then when I told my mom about it, she was like, I have no recollection of that whatsoever. But uh, I still think it's one of my favorite stories. Uh, it, it's just, it's yeah, really a. a the short end of it was that I had gotten into a little bit of a scuffle. Yep. Uh, I think down on Hampton Beach with Darren Sargent. Yep. Yep. And I think he, uh, I think he's a police officer now. He absolutely is. Yeah. Anyway. Yep. Yeah. So I probably wouldn't want to do that today, but uh, no. Nope. It was basically me you know being you know i was always back in those days i was always on the hunt for food oh i think i was at mcdonald's <laughs> and I, uh, I was on the hunt right. for food <laughs> oh my yeah, god that's fucking perfect and he was he was in there with his with his cronies and, and they were kind of making fun of me and i said something and i just kind of walked away and he came up to me we we're like in an alley or whatever and and uh, yeah i think it uh well, he was on the ground, and I, I walked away. And then, and so, uh, fast forward like a couple of weeks, we're getting ready to go back to school. I'm in Foxman Mall, and your mom had a little 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 cart. Little yeah, she did. Yep. Of uh, you know things that she sold, and and I was talking to her, and then he comes up with um, the muters. One of the muter kids. Yep. Yeah, the muters, and you know that, that's yeah. I'm trying to think. Wasn't was it Troy? Yeah, Troy, I think. Yeah, there was a, a whole there army was of the them. Crazy ones. Yep. Yeah, yeah. They, they were yeah the the fifteenth battalion. That's of Greenland, right. You know, that's right. and uh, 
he uh, he he. So it was him. It was like three or four of them, and and, and obviously Muter was was the, the kingpin, and they were, uh, you know, they were they were serious, and and I I, I just you know I, I kind of didn't back down. I was like, yeah, I'll meet you outside. You know, it was exchanging words, and right in front of your mom, your mom's looking like, what the hell's happening? And then. You know, they turn and walk away, and then I turn and kind of whispered in your mom's ear, like, hey, can you drive me to my car? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, if I, I were to go it. outside, I, I probably would, uh, you know, get my ass kicked. So, ah, you never know. Yeah. You never know. All right, we're yeah, down to the we're down to the last question, and and before I ask it, I want to thank you for for your time. I know it's it's early where you are, and and I appreciate you taking this much time and and being on the show. So here's oh, the question. <clears throat> so from a, a bartering is one of the oldest forms of economic uh, exchange on the planet, right? People have been bartering for as long as there have been things to barter for, and so my question is uh, from a bartering perspective. How much can a nice watch get you at a seaside bar in Cozumel, Mexico? <laughs> uh, well, a nice watch is a bit of a, an overstatement. Fair, because it was a uh, fair. It, it was a it was a, a fake Gucci. It was it was you know <laughs> something you get out of a gumball machine. You know, it wasn't really. It wasn't. You know, it didn't have any. Uh, didn't have any intrinsic value. That's right. But I would say enough. To pay for a bar tab, <laughs> uh, a bar tab that, and that's all that matters. <laughs> that's all that matters. I mean, not, not just a bar tab that two two guys, you, you know, had a few beers. I'm talking a bar tab that what eight eight eighteen year olds, seventeen eighteen year olds, and one fifteen year old. Uh, four hours of drinking. You know, yeah. uh, we didn't have enough money to. Right. Um, I don't even know what the hell the bill was, but I remember the the, the guy looks. That's a very nice watch in his little Mexican accent. I said, "Oh, you can have it." How about we sit on the the, the bar tab? See, uh, see. We were very irresponsible drinkers in Cozumel, but uh, hey, oh, we, we got yeah. it. We, but we ended up. We all made it. We all made it back. And looking back on it now, I don't know why on God's green earth. Our parents thought it was a good idea for us to go down there without a chaperone, but I'm glad we did it. Uh, I'm glad, yeah, and I'm glad we did it then as opposed to now, because I think if we did it now with everything going down in Mexico, I think we'd probably be uh, there would have been a graves somewhere. There'd be a casualty yeah. for sure. Yeah, a ransom, yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, John, you've been a great guest. I really appreciate it. I know, again, you're, you're halfway across the world. We're actually time traveling right now. You know, it's, uh, it's Sunday where you are. That's right. Uh, you were very forthcoming. The yeah, the future. We're in the future right now. You're very forthcoming with your answers. The audience here really appreciated everything, and I'm sure the people listening remotely did as well. So thank you very much uh, to, for being on the show, and I hope you, have a, I hope you and your family have an outstanding Sunday. Hey, thank you, Ethan. It's uh, it was great. I really had a lot of fun, and uh, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Yes, absolutely, man. Um, all right, mate. Take care. Have Cheers. a good one. See ya. Cheers.